You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. This has been our foundation scripture for this, le- this lesson, Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons and daughters of the Lord should be led by the Lord. It should be a natural connection that we have. Our spirits should be hungry to be connected with God. Because that's the way you were designed and created. Adam and Eve, if you go back to Genesis, and you see that that God fellowshiped with them, and they were connected with Him. And in Genesis 3.8, it says that, that the Lord went looking for them in the cool of the day, as it was His custom. Because they were connected with God. And when you receive Christ as Savior, you become connected with God. It's not God who does the disconnection. Right? It's us. And we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be connected with God in everything that we do. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to open your word today. We ask that you reveal to us how to be more connected with you so that we can hear you speak more clearly, that we can have a greater impact as your hands extended in this world. And as we open up your word, Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the glory and all of the honor, for your word never returns void, but it always accomplishes what it was sent to do. And we thank you for that, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So let me ask you a question. I've been starting with questions for you, and and I really desire that we get better at answering these questions in our life, because we think more about them during the week. In what way did the Holy Spirit's empowerment affect somebody from your life this week? In what way? You know, the good thing about about having these kind of questions, challenging questions, is when we go, well, not so much. Well, now we have an opportunity next week to make it so much. See, one of the reasons why I think Christians do... Uh, do little at times is because they don't think about how little they've done. They're just going through life. And life just gets in the way. The busyness of life just gets in the way. The deceitfulness of riches can get in the way. The lust of other things can get in the way. And it's very easy because, especially in society today, I mean, things are moving at light speed. I was watching uh, an old Western um, and, you know, with, with covered wagons. And, and to think that the, the months it took to go just from state to state to state. I used to, I, I used to watch the shows with, you know, the old people in the western towns out on the rocking chair, just rocking on the porch. Because life was moving at a different pace. But we still have to move at this pace connected with God. 
so that we can connect with others and that we can have an impact on this world. Amen? I mean, being a Christian isn't about what you do here on Sunday. Being a believer is about what you do out there the rest of the week. It's about the impact you have on other people's lives. It's about what you can do for others. So we've been talking about the empowerments of the Holy Spirit. And we know in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul said, Now concerning these spiritual empowerments, I want you to have a deep knowledge. Why? Because the spiritual is the kingdom dynamic. That's God's kingdom. So we, we, we need to be more connected, more understanding, have more knowledge so that we can understand how the kingdom works. I mean, if you don't know how the kingdom works, how are you going to get the benefits of the kingdom? If you don't know how a car works, you're not going to be able to drive it. Amen? If you don't know how the ATM works, you're not getting any money out of it. So we need to know how the kingdom works so that we can connect with the kingdom, that our lives would be uh, an extension of the kingdom. We should be knowledgeable concerning how it works so that the manifestations of God's kingdom operate in our, in our lives. Outward and visible expressions of the Holy Spirit inside our lives. Uh, all these empowerments that we've been talking about can be found there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 4 through 6, it calls them gifts, ministries, and activities. Gifts, ministries, and activities. There are nine varying empowerments. Three different classifications, each having three empowerments inside of them. And, and uh, we talked about the activities for several weeks, and we've started to talk about the ministries. The one thing that's very interesting about the ministries, as we'll see, is the ministries reveal something. And then the activities do something. When God works through His ministries and reveals something, it's because He wants to work through His activities and do something i mean amen you think god just reveals stuff just so that you know more stuff trust me we are not lacking from knowing more stuff the knowledge of the world i think they say is doubling about every seven years now the world knows a lot of stuff but the important thing is to know kingdom stuff because the kingdom dynamic is where everything starts. The invisible becomes the visible. Amen? So we discussed the activities. We moved on to the ministries. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 5, it says that there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And this word ministries is diakonia. And we talked about what that meant. And so if you want to know all about that, Go listen to last week's message. Amen? Amen. There are three ministries that are, are listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. One of them is the word of wisdom. One is the word of knowledge. And the other is discerning of spirits. And um, we have been talking about the word of knowledge. This will reveal knowledge of a situation, of something that, that needs to be known. It will reveal something that God knows and that you need to know. It will reveal something that God knows that you should know. 
that will benefit you. In fact, here in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that it will bring profit. And we talked about profit. Profit means expansion. It means to multiply. God designed you to be a person of multiplication, a person of profit. Isn't that what God told Adam and Eve? Go now, fruitful, and multiply. God doesn't spend any, you know, his time adding. One plus one is two. Two plus one is three. No, God's into multiplication. It's a whole lot faster. Amen? So let's continue to talk about these ministries, about the word of knowledge. Because the word of knowledge, since it's supernatural knowledge, it is something that may not be seen by other people, but is intended to have a kingdom dynamic, which means it's, it's to create a change in the natural. A change in the natural. And we looked at some of Paul's examples regarding the word of knowledge, but I thought we'd start with an example of Peter in the book of Acts over in Acts chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn over to Acts chapter 5. I want to read verses 1 through 3. Acts 5, 1 through 3. But it says, A certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, here we have Ananias and Sapphira, and they have a piece of land. They've got some real estate, and it's theirs. They don't, they don't have to share it with the apostles. They don't have to share it with the early church. They don't have to share it with their cousins. They don't have to do anything. They don't want to. It's theirs. It's in their possession. And they can do whatever they want with it. Right? Just like you can. Now, if they sell it and make a profit, the Bible says that you would bring the tithe, the first fruit of all of your increase off of it, right? But you don't have to bring anything else. Right? There's, there, there's no biblical principle outside of that. So if I sell a piece of property and I get $100,000 and it costs me $100,000 to buy it, that $100,000 is mine. I don't have to. Okay? So here's Ananias and Sapphira. They sell a piece of property and they say, Hey guys, we sold this great piece of property. God has been so good to us. We're going to bring the whole thing and lay it at your feet. Because we're such great people, Ananias and Sapphira, we love God so much. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Now see, they could have kept back part of the land. But see, what they did, they could have kept back 75,000 and brought 25,000 and said, this is our offering. We want to bring our offering. We want to be a blessing. We want to have all things in common, right? But we're going to keep the 75000 and put that in our retirement account. Amen? I mean, they could have. And Peter says, hey, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Why have you tried to deceive us to make, you, make us think you've done something that you haven't? That is the word of knowledge. That's the word of knowledge. God spoke into Peter and told him exactly what happened. In verse 5, 
we see that it didn't go so good. In fact, is in verse 5, it says the church got a reality check because they had forgotten what the holiness of God is like. The modern church today, we have no idea. Do you know that there was a priest back in David's time that all he did was try to keep the Ark of the Covenant from falling and touch the Ark of the Covenant, and he fell dead? See, what keeps us from falling dead in the presence of our God is the blood of Jesus. See, we are seen through the veil of the covenant of his blood. That's why when, when Jesus gave up the ghost, it says that the veil was torn from top to bottom. That separation from us and God was torn from top to bottom. That separation contained the presence of God, the holiness of God. And the high priest, when he would enter into the Holy of Holies, he did so with a rope on his leg and bells around his sash of his garments. If the bells stopped, they just drug him out by the rope because he was unclean. He, he, he couldn't come into the holy presence of God. And most people treat God just like he's their next-door neighbor. And, that's be, and we can do that because of the blood of Jesus. It keeps that from us. In verse 5, it says, Great fear fell upon the church. Well, you know what? If you start, started coming up and, and, and giving 8% of your tithe and going, Oh, I'm a tither. And people started falling dead around the church. Get somebody's attention around here, wouldn't it? The holiness of God. But it was revealed to Peter. In fact, is um, Ananias's wife had an opportunity. She had an opportunity. It's just like Adam and Eve. I mean, Adam had an opportunity. So did Sapphira. She had an opportunity. Why have you conspired with your husband, Peter? Why have you conspired with him? Did you not know when this was yours, it was yours to do with what you please, but, but now those who carried your husband out, they're carrying your body out also. See, if the church understood the holiness of God. See, God isn't mad at people. He you know, people don't fall dead in his presence because he's mad at people. The holiness of God and sin cannot coexist. And that's why as we enter more and more into the presence of God, we serve the flesh less. Our desire to tell little white lies becomes less. Our desire to communicate with God becomes greater because that holiness is what we were designed to live in that presence, that holy presence of God. And that's what, what, what is occurring when God speaks to you, literally speaking to you. He is pouring His words into you. He is communicating with you. The, our Holy Father is communicating with us. Holy means separated. And there's a reason why He's separated from us. Because if He put your stinking flesh in His presence, it'll just melt. You'll just fall down. That's why people, when the power of God comes, people will fall on the altar when they're being prayed for. It's just 
The power of God. I, power of God, man. I, I knock whole congregations out. Whole crusade halls out. No gimmicks. You just melt like wax in the presence of the Lord, the holy presence of the Lord. Right? And so great reverence fell upon the church, a great fear. They were like, whoa, this stuff is real. Well, yeah, it's real. Why do you think Ananias and Sapphira did this just kind of as an antidote? Because Barnabas had, had sold some land, and he had brought it and given it and was grateful to do it, gave 100% of it, and everybody was talking about Barnabas. And Paul was go, taking Barnabas with him. I mean, this, was, this is obviously the way to get in with the apostles, right? See, the deceitfulness that can't live in the presence of God. And this is why we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and get rid of this nonsense and connect with God. None of us are perfect, but we should every day be striving, striving to be more in connection with God. Amen? Now, here, here's another good example I want to go to. Acts chapter 8. This is Philip. You know, not a lot's written about Philip. You know, but he was one of, the, one of the first disciples called. But there's not a lot about Philip, but this is, this, is, this is great. And this is a perfect example of how the word of knowledge can happen in your life. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Wouldn't that be a great way to get the word of knowledge from God? Well, that wasn't the word of knowledge. That was the word of the angel. Well, where do you think the angel got it? Amen? Amen? They're ministering spirits. They go and do what God tells them to do. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. She was re he was returning and sitting in the chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. So here you got th this, this Ethiopian. He's reading Isaiah the prophet and has no clue what it even means. But God tells Philip through an angel, hey, go. And then the word of wisdom, which we'll talk about probably next week. Probably won't have time to get to it this week because I'm talking slow and, and uh, you're listening slow. And we're going to be out of time before long. But see, the Spirit said to Philip, go near, overtake that chariot. He was able to get the Ethiopian saved. The word knowledge can come to you to give you, the, give you what, to, what tell you what to do, what needs to be done, so you can get somebody saved. Hey, so-and-so is at an opportunity. Go, go speak with them. Go tell them, what, go tell them what I've got to say to them. Well, what do you want me to say to them? The Lord says, have some faith. Wait till you get there, and I'll tell you. See, but I know how you are. Most Christians are flaky. The Lord hasn't written it in a book, you know, and they can go up and read it to somebody. No, the word of knowledge comes. You've got to act in faith. I don't like that faith stuff, Pastor. Well, nobody asked you to like it. God told you to live by it. I don't like Brussels sprouts. But Mom told me I had to eat them. So I grew up big and strong, Right? Sometimes things aren't always nice to the flesh, but they're good for your spirit. They're good for your life. Amen? 
So in Philip's case, the word of knowledge came from an angel. Now let's go look at an Old Testament example. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. I want to read verses 1 through 2. It says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin and Zelah, and they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? See, God can give you a word of knowledge about something that's important to you. I mean, wouldn't that be good? That's what the word of knowledge will do. It's a connection. God is trying to connect you with something that you are intended to have for profit. That can be souls. That can be health. That can be finances. That can be relationships. Some of you have made it too spiritual. When I say spiritual, I'm talking flaky. Let me tell you a little bit of a a story that happened in, in my life. Now, some of you... In fact, is anybody here like garage sales? You like going to garage sales and finding great finds? See, I don't like garage sales because all it's doing is taking somebody else's useless junk and putting it in my house. Now, my wife loves garage sales. Smart woman. I don't even, I, I'm, a, I'm a goodwill kind of guy. I don't even like to hold garage sales. I'd rather just give the stuff away. That's, that's me. But everybody eats their own. So I don't like garage sales. So when the Lord speaks to you, you know, all of a sudden you get this, hey, go over to that garage sale. That just doesn't happen to me very often. But I did. I went to this garage sale. And I started looking around. I go, I think I got some good stuff here. I bought some construction scaffolding. I mean, doesn't everybody need some of that at home? I bought a big concrete saw. Everybody can use one of those. Yeah, I, I bought some other stuff. I think I bought some, some jack stands and something. I got on the phone and started calling some of the guys that work for me. Hey, we need any of, this, we need any of these fine things. See, th- th- those were fine things. They were tools. See, they were fine things. We need any of this stuff? And then I, then I asked a question. I who's, you know, who's putting the garage? Oh, no, it wasn't. I, I asked about the saw. They wanted a certain amount of money for it, and I didn't want to give them that much money. This is a garage sale, right? I heard you, you get things for a quarter at a garage sale. And so I said, well, you know, will you take, I, I, think, I, I think they had $100 on it or something. I offered them 50 You know, it's a nice, nice concrete saw. I would have gave them $100 for it, but if they'll take $50, i will give them 50 instead, right? And they said, I have to go talk to this guy. He's the one that's in charge of the garage sale. And they said something that perked my ears up. This used to be his brother's house. And so I go over and talk to him. And I said, look, uh, will you sell me the, the saw for $50? I want to buy the saw. I want to buy the scaffolding. I want to buy all these things. And I said, just make me one big bundle price. And, this, you know. and I said, and um, tell me, what are your plans for this house? He said, well, I really hadn't thought much about it. But you know, my, my brother's, you know, uh, I don't remember his girlfriend or fiance who's living here, and he had told me that she doesn't have any right to the house after he passes away. 
Um, and so really, you know, I need to find a place for her to be able to move to, but I said, I want to buy the house. And he says, what will you give me for it? I said, I'll give you such and such. I said, I just, I just bought a house down, down the way for uh, a little bit less than that, and yours is a little bit smaller, but prices have come up a little bit. And he says, give me a call tomorrow after I get done with all of this. I got to find out for a plan. And I bought that house. I don't go to garage sales unless God tells me to go to garage sales. You know what I mean? I'm not out looking for garage sale signs. I bought the garage. But see, the word of knowledge is given for the profit of all. You mean my individual profit? Yep, your, your profit. The church's profit. The person sitting next to you's profit. Your brothers and sisters in this place is profit and the world's profit. And I know there's some that say I'd be making, I'm making light of what the, the empowerments of the Holy Spirit are. He's not into that trivial stuff. But the, most, but, but the reality is, is most people are so busy looking for the spectacular that they miss the supernatural. Brother Hagen taught me that a long time ago. He says most people are so busy looking for the spectacular that they miss the supernatural. They're looking for the ooey, gooey, whatever they've imagined how God moves. But you read the Bible. God moves in some very interesting ways. He doesn't do things the way you and I would. I'm so glad about that. Because if he did things the way I would do things, you'd all be real messed up. I mean, that's a fact. He does things the right way. His plans are the right plans. And they come about correctly. My plans are just plans. I try to get his, you know, I try to get his perspective on it. I try to get his, you know, I want to be led in this thing. And then... and. I know, I know you guys all do this, because I, I mean, I do this too. I, I, okay, so this is going to happen, and then if that happens, and this happens, and boom, this is going to be awesome, right? And generally, none of that stuff ever happens. You start going, Lord, I was believing for this first thing to happen so the second thing could happen. It didn't happen, the second thing didn't happen, and boom, all of a sudden the end comes. He didn't need none of my ideas to get there. He doesn't need to do it my way. I need to do it his way. When I get his heart, when I get his way, and I start understanding that the Holy Spirit is concerned more about results than the spectacular. Well, he does the spectacular, but he's more, he's more results-oriented. He's more interested in your heart. He's more interested in, in lost souls. He's more interested in the kingdom than he is in big billboards and banners. That's why Jesus always said, just go, don't tell anybody, go in peace, you're healed. Your faith has made you whole. You know, it's us. We're the ones with the big mouth, right? Now go with me to 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. It says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such place. And the man of God, Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place. For the Syrians are coming down there. See, the word of knowledge can deliver a nation. God will tell on your enemies. God will tell on your enemies. He'll tell on your enemies in business. He'll tell on your enemies at work. He'll tell on your enemies. He'll tell on your enemies. You know, I heard somebody one time say, um, the, reason, the reason the Father hasn't shared the time and the date with Jesus is because Jesus is always going around telling everybody everything. 
you know, he wants you to know because he wants you to succeed. He came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly, right? But he wants you to watch and pray because he said, hey, when I come back, when I return, will I even find faith in the world? See, he's looking for, he's looking for a faithful church. But the, word of, but the word of knowledge, it can manifest for any spiritual or kingdom reason. You know, what we've, what we've looked at is a bunch of different biblical accounts. New Testament and Old Testament. The word of knowledge was an operation. We've seen it for a defense of a nation, the recovery of possessions, righteousness, and restoration. And God is so good. Hey, Frank, can you go get Pastor Tina? She's going to do the mission update. Just let her know that. It, just let her know. Come, come on back. There are many other biblical examples, but if I kept you here, your roast would burn. And I know you guys all got that timed out. Amen. It's funny because when, when Pastor Tina and I were doing our ministry internship programs with the Church of God, I mean, they had these things called potluck socials, right? I mean, I eat fairly good, I exercise. I work, and I'm still gaining weight. The older I get, my metabolism is just going slow down, slow down. And, and they were eating, I mean, these potluck social. Anybody ever been to a church like that? Potluck, pasta, spaghettis. All, oh, it was good. It was good. I, I don't know what brought that up. I'm hungry, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. But there are many word of knowledge examples that exist. I want to see them manifesting in your life more often. We've seen them in operation here at Valor. We've seen God call people out of the congregation, reveal uh, situations, and we've gotten the testimonies. The testimonies. In fact, as Pastor Tina's here, she said somebody at the beginning of service, their right knee, they were having pain in it, and it was up into their calf muscle, up into their thigh muscle. That's you. Just put your hand on it. Put your hand on it. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you, Father, for the word of knowledge, and we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for the, for the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. And I thank you that they're healed, healthy, and whole in Jesus' mighty name. We need the word of knowledge operating in our life. Who knows? God may have another house for you to buy. He may have a car or a truck. The thing that you're believing for. God has lots of blessings designed for your life. Oh, Aaron's not here. You ought to ask him someday how many cars he's bought. You should ask him how many cars he's bought. I know how many he's had. You'll be surprised. Ask him how many he's actually paid for. Blessed. That's the way we all should be. The testimonies. Remember, we're saved by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Our testimonies ought to declare the goodness of God. And the empowerment of the Holy Spirit should be revealed in it. Amen? Amen. So that's why it's important to the church. We need to be different. We need to be a supernatural church. We need to be a kingdom dynamic church. And you're designed to be that way. I'm designed to be that way. It's how we were designed to live. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. I just put this as a closing scripture just because I like it. It says, Whomever is born of God overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The Holy Spirit is looking for people with faith who are willing to connect with Him, to spend time, to seek first the kingdom of God, to connect with Him, to do His, his bidding. You, you are the, the Jesus. You are the Holy Spirit. You are the Father revealed to this world. He needs people who are willing to pay a price to be the hope for this world. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.